I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL tour. Well, the standard of football in that round was not exactly outstanding, but my God, there's some off-field dramas to come from that one. Uh, Incidents of all sorts, plenty of injuries, plenty of suspension, and plenty of drama for the run home box head. Yeah, 100%. It was an interesting round. Um, A week's a long time in footy, that's what they say, and I guess this week's a perfect example of that, that's for sure. Yeah, well, basically, like I said a couple of weeks ago to anyone... Uh, when I did the ladder predictor, you, you never know what's going to happen. You look at the time, you look at the injuries, and you look at how much stuff happened this weekend to come out of it. And I've, I've redid it again today, um, and there was a big difference. There was three teams that ended up finishing. Yeah, that's why you're better off just not doing it and just letting each week play as it comes because good luck predicting it. Oh, 100%. Good luck predicting, good luck predicting a round. But again, we need something to talk about, so it's one thing to stay on top of things, but we'll kick things off as we always do. With our fast five, the highlight, low light, best, worst, and any questions coming out of the round, what was your highlight? Uh, the Panthers Raiders game. You know, I just thought of, again, probably that and the Bulldog Sharks game, the Sunday games. We thought they were both uh, probably the best two games of the round. The rest were pretty ordinary, if you ask me. Obviously, the two Friday night games were blowouts. Uh, the first two on Saturday were they weren't blowouts, but well, all three were probably. They weren't close games, and obviously Monday night was a blowout. So it was Sunday footy, the daytime footy. I, um, I love me daytime footy, so it's you know no surprise that they produced the best two games around, in my opinion. Yeah, well, my highlight, I had a couple. Um, I couldn't really split. One was the Belmore crowd. I thought the game was actually pretty dour. There was more than 50 errors and penalties combined. Um, but the crowd was outstanding again, showing why we can't go away. From these suburban grounds, the other one uh, more on a Melbourne. Yeah, but in, in, in small doses. That's, that's the that's the thing to take out of it. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm not saying you could go to Belmore weekly, but the fact they want to just go to one big stadium like Melbourne, I don't think that would work in Sydney. We don't have the facilities or the setup that caters to it the same way um, it does for them with the MCG and Eddie. Well, besides the people that actually go to Melbourne and you get on the ground in Melbourne, you can walk to all those different teams. Like they're all close together. All those suburbs are very close. Whereas. Sydney, it's, it's not realistic. Yeah, but also with the tram set up, the sporting realistic. precinct and all the rest of it, it's, it's made for that. We're not really set up in that sense that we could all go to ANZ Stadium. Yeah, but no, no, I don't think we can be because we're just a bigger city geographically. <clears throat> yeah. But, yeah, it's a debate for later on. But. Yeah, oh, I'm not debating anything, I'm just saying. But the other one uh, was the Harker on a more of a personal note after the game from the Melbourne Storm and the crowd there. I don't know if you saw that one on Facebook, but I um, thought that was yeah. a pretty, pretty cool moment with... Uh, the town of Napier responding. Uh, and then the third one was much the same as yours. I went on Sunday, watched that game, was lucky enough to get up in the chairman's lounge and have a, a few schoonars. And, uh, the, only, the only bloody reason you went, mate. 
Yeah, I wasn't going. If you never want to go, bloody Penrithon, I'll go and watch them. Oh, what was yeah, going on? Bloody Chairman's Land ticket, and then boom, he's there. It was a Raiders game, so I went and watched Vaughn play. It was good. Ah, oh, the Raiders. Scored a double, had a good game, but uh, what's the low light for you? Uh, probably the Newcastle situation. I think their performance and then the fact they sacked their coach, I, they were they were pretty poor, especially after flogging the Titans the week before. It just shows you how bad the Titans are going. Um, but Newcastle, man, I, they let their coach down big time, and I thought the decision to move him on was the wrong one, but I'm sure we'll get to that later in the pod. But that on my low light. I suppose the other one was I didn't like Marty Tapao swinging arm on Friday night. I thought that was a low act. Um, on, a, on a little bloke, defenceless on the ground, and he comes in and swats him out. I thought I was waiting for Jared Waria to come in and level him. I, I mean, that, that would have happened. You know, me and the old man we were on the lounge watching the footy at your place last night, and sort of say, imagine if, imagine if. Um, someone did that to Freddie Fittler when Adrian Morley was playing, you would have cleaned them up. Or, you know, you could go back 10 or 15 years before that to know your Les Boyds and your, um, you know, all these hardheads. Uh, I just think the rules at the moment dictate towards a, a bit of grubbiness and um, we need to do something about it, that's for sure. I, I, I applaud the referees for giving him 10, but a lot of people were a bit cynical when, I, when we sort of put that up on Facebook on Friday night, but I mean, they've got to start somewhere, and I'd like to see him, see that line continue. Like, if, if blokes come in and do that sort of stuff, just put him in the bin. Um, yeah, as you know, I, I'm sort of following the Super League. I follow the Super League very closely. But there's, there's almost a sin bidding in every game in the Super League this year. It's awesome. It's clean, clean the game right up. There's plenty of points. It's open. Um, and the referee, they're like, the commentators just move on. They don't even focus on the referees as much as we do, but uh, and that's pretty topical this week, especially considering the feeder um, incident, but I'm sure we'll get to that as well. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, my low light was a multitude of things. You've touched on one of them, but the amount of injuries, obviously Johnson, Peter Wallace has done his ACL again. Uh, Lukey Lewis went down with an injury. The Manly Seagulls lost a couple of players, but Matt I carried himself. Liggy Seow did his ACL. Uh, Burgess did his ACL. Bodine Thompson's got an ankle injury. There's more than that. Josh Reynolds is hurt as well. Um, there's a multitude of suspensions. Bromwich possibly up. I don't really know what to make of that one just yet. But it's been referred instantly like all previous biting charges have been. Tapia, Blair, the Fafitas have been stood down. Today we've had the question marks thrown um, at Parramatta. Uh, oh, sorry, not Parramatta, the Cowboys, about potential salary cap breaches, although there's probably not enough right now um, to kind of draw a bow or a line with what's going on. And they've still got the yield situation ongoing with players and, and secret payments and the OBs and whatnot, so that there's uh, more than enough lowlights right now. Yeah, I think the... Cowboys and the Eels stuff, I'm just happy to sit on and wait until they get something solid. I read the stuff on the Cowboys today. I don't, I don't see what they've done wrong. Like, it's, there's going to have to be more to it than what's been released at the moment for it to blow up into a big story. Well, basically, uh, and that's just ongoing. Like, a week in the life of Parramatta, there's a new problem every week for Parramatta. Well, basically, the only way, and I said this to someone at work today, he's going, "Oh, you can't do that." I go, "Well, this bloke, Lancerini or whatever, basically." If there's any developments up there, it's all through him. And giving advice about investments and property and whatnot um, is not illegal. All clubs are allowed to inform or, and whatnot. That's what I'm saying. So I don't understand but what the issue is. The only way they could pin this in any sort of uh, context is if they had emails or messages or anything saying that any of these houses or any of the land was reduced in regards to taking a, a reduced salary. So unless they've got anything in paper, there's not too much that you can really draw for it. Yeah, but then again, mate, if, if, if I know someone that... 
at a business and you know of course they're going to give me a discount like I, I don't really have a massive problem with it I, unless it's unless it's massive amounts of money like we're talking fifty hundred thousand dollars and I don't I don't have a massive problem with it, I suppose, but it, yeah, it, it depends. They're going to have to get. They're going to have to dig more out than that. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Basically, if they can find a line in paper or in emails or whatnot, which is what they need to do, yeah. saying there's which been contracts lines, contracts signed for less money for the fact that people are getting you know land on the cheap or buildings done on the cheap, well then that's cheating the salary cap. But if they can't find it, someone's going to have to squeal. Yeah, if they can't find anything, anything, there's nothing they can do about it. Like I said, this plate basically does all the developments up in North Queensland. And I think I think the media's they've gone it. They've got ahead of this one. Oh, 100%. Like they've got ahead of it. They're five bullets before they've had anything to fire over. So if there is something there, the Cowboys will be working pretty hard to cover it up. They so all... I'd, I'd be really surprised if... Well, no, Melbourne. Melbourne's was... They got Melbourne. They, they caught Melbourne red-handed. I feel like this one they've gone off a little bit early with it, so and they caught the bulldogs as well. But yeah, this one they without haven't... anything, yeah, but without anything too incriminating. Well, Melbourne and the dogs were gone; they were sunk dead in the water. You hit my battleship, but I just with the information that was released today, I just go, yeah, yeah, okay. You want to have more than that? Like they, they similar to the Scott Prince thing. There was a lot of stuff at the level of the Titans a few years ago in, in the Scott Prince and the property stuff, and nothing ever came of it. So we've seen it before. Yeah, well, like I said, unless they find evidence, the context in which they've brought this out is not illegal. The only way they can pin them is if they have emails saying... Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. why bring it up? So I, I don't know why. They went off on Friday saying we've got somebody, and then today I've just read it and gone, well, unless you've got any emails to say otherwise... Um, well, Greenberg's tweeted that, you know, he's cleared the... He's, he's had his audit with the Cowboys, and they've done five clubs, 11 to go. Yeah. So, please, I, I don't... Yeah. Well... I don't see anything coming of it. What about your best... Oh, tough one. Obviously, the Broncos were the bear, uh, were good. The Cowboys are great, uh, but I, I think in context of where they were playing, um, their situation. I thought the Sharks went at Belmore. Um, after what we saw the Dogs do to Melbourne, um, that was a massive win in terms of their season. So I'm, I'm going to give them the best this week, Sharkies. Yeah, I thought they were pretty good. Uh, probably the other one, I, I don't read too much into it because it was Newcastle, but Souths were quite brutal, yeah. particularly in the yeah. first half. But you can't really draw too much of a line. I, I had a bloke at work get fairly excited, and I said, well, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't be getting too excited, buddy. You beat them. Um, there's more challenges to come, and that's definitely not a game to be sitting there going, we're back and we're a finals contender because they beat well, I mean, they've the got Panthers. the Panthers this week who dusted them a few weeks ago. Then they've got the Seagulls and the Cowboys. So they've got the next three weeks, we'll tell you where they're at. I should beat Penrith with all their players out, but Manly a brookie and then into the Cowboys away will be two good tests for them. Yeah, what about your worst? Oh, mate. The worst, well, the Titans are terrible, but I've given them my worst for weeks on end. Um, I think the Fafita boys that have to um, be in the conversation just for the fact that they've, they've even dipped their toe into... Um, abusing a referee at a junior match like they should know better than that um, and then obviously Newcastle and, and just the decision to sack Stone I don't know I don't know your thoughts on it but I just don't see the any benefit of sacking him now I, I would have they're going to sack him punt him at the end of the year um, but in the end he's inherited the inherited that squad he's had no time to um, sort of put his own mark on it he's had the Tinkler issues um, you know, and then the fact that they haven't really been able to settle on their roster for next season. They've got 
guys that, that, that are still there that shouldn't be there. You know, it's a bit of a boys' club up there. I, I feel a little bit sorry for Ekstone. Yeah, well, I don't really need to go too much in the Newcastle situation because I've made my feelings heard. You know, this is exactly why I'm looking at it right now. So they've still got it wrong, and it's the whole setup's wrong. There needs to be a lot more change than uh, just a, a coaching standpoint. They need someone to come from the outside of Newcastle and break this war down and do some kind of review. Yeah, well, Wayne Bennett and Brian Smith did it, and it didn't work. So, well, Brian Smith. I, I like the I like the um, I like the Danny Bedirus, but Danny Bedirus doesn't have any footing as a coach, so. You know, as a co- as a coach of like nine years now, you look at it and go, "Bloody hell!" Like, it makes it makes coaches like us look like fools because you know you can just basically an ex first grader can just walk into the job. But um, look, I, I think he's the right man for the job in the short term. And, yeah, well, they've basically already come you know, out. I think it'll either be there's, there's a few things that have got to go right for Garth Brennan to get the job, um, and you know, I'm not going to go into too much detail with that, but. Um, I expected either to be him or I've got absolutely no idea. I think Nathan Brown would probably be the one that they'd be I looking at. I don't, I don't think Nathan Brown's silly enough to take the job. Well, that was more my other case. I was going to say, regard besides the Newcastle person, if I'm coming uh, you know, externally and looking at the setup right now, basically my complaints before, I wouldn't take the Newcastle job. Well, especially if Anthony Seabold is like 100% moving to Manly, Brown will then move into an assistant job at Melbourne. I don't see why he'd leave. He already isn't in an assistant role at Melbourne. And he's no, doing he's not. He's not he's consultancy, not, and he's, he's also doing of, the New yeah, South Wales not, job. He's not an assistant coach, like a full-on day-to-day assistant coach, whereas when Anthony moves aside, I think he'll... He's obviously then going to have a, um, a closer role to the team. He's doing a lot of preview-review stuff in terms of teams they're playing, and he's not as hands-on as what um, people would think, but... That's just because you've got so many staff down there, Bellamy. So, uh, but they wanted they wanted Brown on board, and you know, I think if if he hangs around next year, I have a lot. Um, yeah, he'll be more involved. That's for sure. I, I at the risk of you know their roster. You look at their roster next year. They haven't really bought anyone. They bought Hawkins and they moved a few players on, but I can't really see that side improving too much. Their New South Wales Cup side's fairly old. Their 20s are struggling a little bit, even though they've got a lot of good young juniors coming through. I still probably think their juniors are two or three years away. So I think it'll be another, it'll, it'll be lean, probably 18 months at least for Newcastle. The rest of this year and next year, I think it'll be pretty lean. For them. I think it's going to be lean for that time and then going forward, if the, the model stays the same, something needs to change and it's not just the coach. Yeah, I, I, I was encouraged by what Matt Gidley said. Like He, he sort of said, look, I feel for Stoney and players have let him down but I think the administration as well has let him down um, he's, he's been he's been the one left out to, to dry in this and yeah I, I can't say I agree with it I feel sorry for the boy he did a great job prior to Bennett coming and, and then stuck around for three years so the least that they could do is be as loyal to him as what he was to them That's, yeah Sadly, sport doesn't work that way, but... Yeah, well, that's coaching for you. My worst, uh, again, some of these teams that are pretty much done for the year, the Titans, the Eels, Newcastle, um, all those games were almost unwatchable. The Titans game, I looked at the live score to see if it was worth my time. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Uh, I, I did the, the highlights the next day on Fast Forward. Um, you know, the Eels game watched last night, but again, uh, they're a bit flat. And the Newcastle game, I somehow forced myself to watch through it, but just disappointed again. It was basically like going to watch an under-13s game and... All the giant kids ran over the small side and Mercy ruled them. Yeah. 
That's our questions coming out this week. Obviously, we basically just touched on the Newcastle situation. Uh, my only real question coming out of that would have been, who would you think would take the job? Obviously, Garth Brennan, we've already spoke about. There's a name that will be floated. Uh, I think otherwise, Nathan Brown will obviously be floating around, but I'm with you. I, I don't think he'd take that job unless the circumstances were correct. Uh, purely on the situation of coming back for a second time, that usually might be a last opportunity. But the other one, they've all jumped out straight away today, obviously, and that's my next question, is about the Jeff Tuvey situation. I don't think he'd go there either. No, no. I can't really... I can't see him going there. So the Newcastle thing, that's ongoing. Uh, time will tell. We'll have to see what happens. But Manly, Manly's future, obviously, finally today, the worst-kept secret. We all knew what was coming. We've been speaking about it for months, player signings, etc., etc., um, overall, Trent Barrett, Seabold, Cartwright going forward, do you think, along with uh, the signings and the changes they're going to make, what do you, where, where do you see Manly next year? Well, not much better than what they are now, to be honest. But, I don't know. I think it's a bit short-term. Short like, I, I don't really see what Tuvi's done wrong. He's done nothing wrong. Like, Joe Kelly and this know, board... Like, for, me, for me, from the outside looking in, it looks to me the only reason that he'd be he'd get the sack is because the players want him out. Well, I think it, I, I've got my feeling. Terry Evans opposite. or whoever I don't know. Outside looking in, um, they were they were in the semi-finals last year. They were in a preliminary final the year before. They were in the grand final the year before that. Well, I go Joe Kelly. I, from day I, dot. I don't know, mate. From, I, I, from, I, no, I, I can't. I, I, I don't know. From liftoff, the moment he got there, he basically went to him and when he said about Bryce Gibbs and said, nah, and then he told him he gave this much money to Luke Burgess and he basically said, well, what are you doing? He's like, nah, we're, we're in charge of this, we're in charge of that. So they instantly butted heads. Uh, he wasn't kept in the loop about the Cherry Evans foreign situation. He wasn't very happy about that. He was dirty when that offer was pulled pre-Christmas. So from the word go, I think there's been a, a difference of opinion as far as Kelly and that board going forward. So that, that, I think they, they basically had it in. In the word go, I don't know when Bob Fulton's coming into the picture. He obviously would probably wouldn't have too much to do with this coaching situation. I think he's purely there focusing on roster and the situation going forward. But my other issue there, um, listening or looking at this situation, they're not planning for three years' time or five years' time. This is a quick fix right now. This has not got a lot long-term... History, history tells you it doesn't work. No, and I said at the start of this year that I was confused because... Brett Stewart, over 30, they're talking a contract extension. They re-sign Matai, he's over 30. They re-sign Lyon, he's over 30. They re-sign Ballon, he's over 30. Where's the future of this bloody side? Like They go, oh, we've got the Trevojevich brothers. Like Thumbs up to you, good work. But the whole base of your side and the bulk of your salary cap is in blokes that are 30-plus years old. That's not long-term. They're, they're going to have a massive issue over the next couple of years, I reckon. Yeah, well, Melbourne are the same. Melbourne are the same, yeah, but we've blooded Jesse Bromwich, Tohu Harris, Kevin Proctor, Solomona, Cora yeah, well, I, think, I think Manly have Manly have blooded a few. Like Manly got the they're not far away. Like you put their best side on the field, they're top eight side. So I don't really. I think this year's just been an anomaly. It's been an outlier. Um, and Tuvi again, he's going to be the one that cops the blame for it. Which is I don't know. There's more. There's more to it than on the field stuff. I. On the on the field stuff, at least of his worries, it's, it's more um, stuff within within the club and the politics of it all. But, and I think the the players have shoved him. 
Yeah, well, I don't know. Difference of opinion in that situation. The Cowboys thing we've already touched on. There's nothing really, like I said, to draw in this unless they find something, uh, paper or emails or a trail of some description that says that deals were done in order, uh, obviously, to sway contract negotiations, but there's nothing there. The Fafita situation. Now, this, uh, I'm a bit 50-50 on. I'm not saying that they're approaching a ref or whatnot, but from the way this started, that we've got video and I'll smash you, and all the officials obviously put in the same reports. There's completely different contrasting reports, obviously, coming from people at the ground. Well, they've got a 12-month ban at Penrith. Statements have been changed, and they hadn't even spoken to them. And then now they're coming out saying this video doesn't exist. Um, and then, obviously, on the flip side of that, they've gone heavy and lawyered up, gone two lawyers. So uh, I don't think we've heard the end of this. I, I don't think this is quite maybe as big as... They haven't even heard, haven't even heard the start of it. Yeah, but the, this, this will go on. This will go on for at least another two weeks because the way the Penrith judicial system, junior league system works, um, is that the fact that they'll have a hearing and then they have they've obviously been charged or whatever, banned for twelve months. Um, they'll then have an actual hearing. I think it's next Monday or next Tuesday night. So I, I just don't. I, I, I don't. I don't know how to comment on it when we don't know all the facts and there's so much innuendo and hearsay in it. Um, it's hard to make comment. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I just couldn't believe how quickly things swayed from being so blown out of proportion and then everyone's saying, oh, there's no video, I didn't hear this, I didn't hear that. It seemed a lot more watered down after a couple of days than what it initially started off as. Yeah, I, in the end, you can't, you can't abuse a referee, simple as that. Um, and if they have, and well, the thing for me was that on... Sunday, like I heard Lyle Gorman on the radio say that they had, um, there was an admission of guilt. They said that they did approach a referee, they did abuse a referee. So to me, I don't know why they weren't stood down before the game on Sunday. Um, you know, whether whether it was to the extent of what's been reported or what the referee reported or what, you know, everyone's got a stake in this and everyone's got an, an axe to grind. So um, I find it hard to make comment because we weren't there and we don't have the statements and um, yeah, it's tough. You're just going to have to see what comes out in the wash. But I would imagine that it's going to go on for at least two weeks before we actually know the majority of the truth or that everyone gets their story across. Um, and as you said, the contradicting stories on it make it tough to, tough to, to know what actually went on. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. The top eight, obviously, the other side of things, I think we can pretty much see uh, a formulation of what we've said. There's probably five or six teams that are basically locked in, but massive changes on the weekend with, obviously, Luke Lewis getting hurt and the Fafitas being stood down for the time being. Uh, the Warriors lose Johnson, Bodine, Thompson, so they lose a couple of players there. The Dragons are paddling, but they're still mathematically there. The Dogs lost, but they're, you know, they're still in a very, very good situation. Do you foresee any changes obviously like I said a couple of weeks ago that these kind of things are going to happen uh, talk to me yeah, I don't know of course there's going to be changes I think the Warriors will fall out mm. um, I said that last week I thought they'd, they'd fall out um, well Johnson going down to me basically now you can that's yeah, almost but a given not forget that like just they, this time of the year they always fall in a heap like everyone falls in love with them after uh, coming out of origin um, and then they just fall, fall in a heap. I don't know what it is. I, you know, it's a game that they, they would have penciled in like a home game, um, which they would have expected to win against a struggling manly side, and they got smashed. 
don't know, a big game this weekend against the Sharks. I, I still think they can make it, but I just it's more for me just the history tells you that they won't. They'll just fall in eight. Yeah, well, they just lost the Golden Boot winner as well, so I don't think that's really going to help their causes. Yeah, but right. yeah they've got an international bloody forward pack there. They've got no excuse. I think Canberra is probably the, the biggest benefactor of everything that's happened. Obviously, still having a lot of close losses and a pretty good run home. Um, they got the win on the weekend. They're still pretty much full strength. Their defence still a bit shaky, but they can score points. So out of everything that's happened, I think they're probably the one in the driver's seat to jag a spot, um, given all the issues that happen to those other sides around them. But we'll have to see what happens. Did you have any questions? No, mate. I think we've covered it. All right. Well, we'll jump into the reviews of the games from the weekend. Obviously, Friday night, the Roosters beat the Tigers 33-8. to 8-4 uh, half-time. They were kind of there. You had that feeling, again, the Roosters weren't really looking to kick out a second gear, but the Tigers definitely had some chances. There was a few passes that went to ground and um, a couple of errors when they really could have put the foot down, but... The second half, it was pretty much what you expected. The Roosters come back out after a chat to Robinson. I thought Friend was really good. Um, the middles were good, but in particular, Tokiaho, I thought he was their best player. And um, Yeah, this this game in the end, like I said, there were some opportunities, particularly that first half for the Tigers, to maybe cause a, a bit of problems. But uh, once they let those go, the second half was basically all the Roosters. Yeah, well, the, the Tigers is probably their best half of the season, um, the first half, but... Gee, second half wasn't. Um, they were pretty poor second half. So uh, the Roosters, yeah, they, they were scrappy. They made a lot of errors first half, but second half they sort of uh, executed a lot better, and uh, they're just a better team at the moment. Uh, I know Taylor came out and said that you know I think we we should have won or could have won and whatever, but I think realistically the Roosters were probably in first gear first half, and um, they they kicked it up second half. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think. The, the one thing that's kind of impressed me a little bit more, I think they've, they've had a chat about that Moses and Brooks obviously approached him to kind of free the reins up a bit more. I think Moses has looked a lot more comfortable, particularly in attack the last couple of weeks since things have changed a little bit. No, it's easy to play when your season's over. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, well, I don't know. Well, I don't mean yeah. in that regard, but he was playing a very... To me, uh, to me I, yeah, it's just it's easy to play now. It's easy for them to say, well, we can't make the eight, so let's just see out the rest of the year and try a few things, you know. Like, uh, it'd be frustrating for me if I was a Tigers fan, but, you know, that's that's where they're at at the moment. I, frustrating to watch. They're, they're really frustrating to watch because they, they, they tend to put good periods together, but um, they can't seem to, to string it together consistently. And I guess that's why they end up, that's why they are where they are. Yeah, well, if there's anyone I feel sorry for, uh, it's James Tedesco. I thought he was very, very good again. Tries his backside off every single week. Uh, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I still don't think he gets anywhere near the credit he deserves, um, you know, for the way he plays his well, football. Well, he's not, he's not going to playing in a side that's uh, running last. No, well, he should uh, from the way he plays every week. He's outstanding yeah, regardless what, of the what circumstances. I'm saying, what I'm saying is if you put him in, um, you know, one of the top three sides, he's, he's probably going to go away. Well, Australia don't have a game at the end of the year, but um, he'd be going on a kangaroo tour or a World Cup if, if he was um, if there was one on, and he was in one of those top sides. So I think it's more the fact he's playing in a side that's struggling that he's not probably getting the credit he deserves. Well, I can't agree with you totally there because during the year when they were pretty much on similar points to Penrith, Matty Moylan was still getting all the raps in the world regardless of the results. But James Tedesco, more than I'm getting that, wasn't getting as much love or as much credit. I think he's very uh, from from who. 
underrated in terms of just the talk. From Hoover. Well, from anyone. Hoover. The talk around him being the next origin fullback well, and this, that, we and all the other. We were both wrapping him up. So. Yeah, obviously, but I'm just saying in general, for a lot of blokes that are watching the game, I think he, he's been very underappreciated considering the hard circumstances. He's, every week he's pretty much close to their best player, but... Uh, Martin Tapia showed that frustration that you talked about. He's taken the early guilty plea, found himself um, with three weeks, and he definitely deserved to go to the bin because that was just low. Wasn't expecting that from him in particular, saying, you know, he, he had a pretty good start of the year, but the second half, I think he's fallen away. Um, obviously, with this situation as well, he, his football and his head's not quite in the right mindset. So Yeah, well, the best players in the comp can do it consistently week in, week out. That's, again, part of the reason why they sit where they, where they do yeah, well, the Roosters, they've got the Dogs this week, so it should be a decent game. They have no Josh Reynolds, but I don't really think they lose too much. I've said it before, I think Imbai should be in the side, and uh, probably with Reynolds if he was healthy, seeing as Hodkinson's moving on, but uh, easy swap for them. The Tigers, they get Melbourne. Uh, tough one for Melbourne, depending on what happens with Bromwich, and obviously... Uh, another tough one for Melbourne. Well, a short turnaround back from Napier, two New Zealand trips in the last three weeks, and possibly no Jesse Bromwich. Um I'm nervously waiting to see the outcome of that one, so have to see what happens there. But the other game on Friday night, obviously the Titans got dusted by the Broncos, 34-0. Um, the first 20 minutes, they put up somewhat of a fight. They had a couple of opportunities, but basically from then onwards, it was just them being blown off the park. Um, the spine for the Broncos, like we talked about, was only going to get better with time, and Darius Boyd now playing his eighth game. That was definitely his best game, but... Anthony Milford, uh, he, he went next level the other night. A couple of the passes he laid on for tries were absolutely outstanding. Yep, I didn't watch it. Didn't and watch I it? I refused to watch it. <laughs> I told you this on Friday night. You're going to have to talk about it because I refused to watch it. I saw the score live and just shook my head and went, no, nah, I'm not watching it because I just don't need to get angry about it. So I haven't watched the highlights. I haven't seen, I haven't seen one minute of that game. Well, Ben Hunt, Anthony Milford, they both set up, set up a couple of piece. Darius Boyd scored a couple, uh, looked very dangerous. Fords were good, and like I said a couple of weeks ago, doing the job without Maguire. Uh, Jared Wallace filled that gap nicely. Mitchell Dodds, Corey Parker, etc. Uh, and Alex Glenn, another one of these guys, probably doesn't get a lot of credit. He was outstanding again, but um, things definitely went down. Uh, even worse when LG got knocked out early in the second half and um, you know, they, it just never got any better. They never looked like they're in it. 18 nil down. Second half went the same way. So, hasn't been a great year for the Titans. The effort bubble. Well, it has been. It was been. It's been an okay season considering the way all the crap that happened at the start of the year. But it seems like the easier the off-field stuff's got, the worse the on-field performance has been. So I, I don't really understand that. But yeah, well, things have completely deflated. Try and understand the mind of a football player. But uh, probably the biggest thing out of this one, the Broncos, uh, obviously Adam Blair had that tackle on LG, which sent him off with a concussion. He's been suspended. I'm pretty sure he may have got uh, two weeks. Uh, a bit of a loss there, but they've seemed to roll on pretty fine, regardless of the circumstances. They get the Eagles this week, who lost a couple of players to injury last week. So, interesting game. And then on the flip side, the Titans and the Eels, the two sides on the bottom of the ladder, or close to the bottom of the ladder, they get to play each other this week. The Titans wow. at home there, so... Very interesting to see, uh, much like the Newcastle game, who's struggling more than the other. But after no, all, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we're on Parramatta's level, just quietly, or at least I hope not. I think I'll be tipping Parramatta, to be honest, and that's saying something. Yeah, good on now. You tip Parramatta. But, uh, Saturday, the Warriors against Manly, 32-12. to 12, Manly get that win. Uh, it started off a bit of a grind. There was one try apiece, pretty soft one early. 
to Jake Trebojevic and then Johnson with that dazzling footwork scored a ripper, but that obviously in that same moment was the end of his season with a, a severely bad ankle injury and uh, everything seemed just to turn from that point onwards. The wind really went out of the sails and Manly took control. Yeah, they did. They were, they were good. Um, that's probably Manly's, or close to Manly's best performance of the season. Um, as you start, uh, Jake Trebojevic was outstanding. That's his breakout game in first grade. Like He's been good weeks previous, but, mate, that's a monster forward pack, and he took it, I think he ran for over 200 metres, I'm not a big stat man, but 200 metres in against that pack, um, in a pack that's just struggled all season, um, that's massive numbers, so um, big ups to him, he, he was very, very good. Yeah, he was. Warriors, yeah, I mean, look, it's easy for him to put the cue in the rack once Johnson was um, taken off the field, but it's a team sport there's 16 other blokes there they've, they've got to pick up the slack and do better than what they what they showed um, during this game because uh, otherwise their season is going to be over before before they know it yeah well I we'll definitely agree with you that it was his breakout game Young Trebojevic was outstanding uh, it was a hard day at the office for the Manly as well they lost Matai he KO'd himself for that old back slam uh, Liggy Sound did his ACL he's heading back to the Warriors on a two year deal one of their juniors so that's not good for them and Luke Burgess did his ACL, and Tom Simons obviously got hurt as well. So um, they, they come out of that one with some problems. Bodine Thompson hurt his ankle, so he's not playing this week. But Brett Stewart, he was outstanding again. George Defua showing again healthy, how good of a player he is, and thought the halves were quite solid. And, yeah, just they just did really well considering the circumstances with as many injuries as the Warriors. But I still think the finals are too much of a stretch for them, and obviously playing Brisbane this week is a big ask. And as far as the Warriors go, they're still at home. They play the Sharks with no Fafitas, no Luke Lewis, so we'll, we'll get a good gauge this week whether they've got any chance of holding on to their spot in the eight or whether they're going to fall out and disappoint like they do or have done in previous seasons. But the Melbourne Storm, they were over in New Zealand for the second time in three weeks at Napier. Uh, they got a win over the Dragons, 22-4. to I uh, kind of felt the first 20 minutes was all St. George, but Melbourne seemed to just hang on and obviously got that soft barge over try through... Solomona and the late gift Benji Marshall has gone back to his old uh, old ways. That the half the halves form for the Dragons is just completely reversed. Well, that happens when your forward pack's not going forward and you're not um, your defence isn't scoring your points like it was at the start of the year. I, I said this. I preempted this. I said they're going to have to their attack's going to have to get better, and it hasn't. And that's the reason they're struggling. Um, as as simple as simple as that. Um, I know they're missing, or well, they have been missing Josh Dugan. Um, you know, who, who else are they missing, really? Well, up Drake. to a couple of weeks ago, they had nine players out, but they obviously got back both their back rowers in Frizzell and Thompson. They got Dugan back, um, and Benji obviously had a week off there. But Nabuli, he's probably won, but that's to me, is nothing. I think Justin Hunt's as good, if not better, on that edge. Um, DeBellin, he missed a couple of weeks. He was back now, so there's not really any excuses anymore. But I thought the halves looked really good when they were linking together, particularly uh, even with their kicks. Their kicks seemed to be playing for each other. They scored a couple of tries, but they look like they did at the start here. They're just doing their own thing. In particular, Benji, he's just throwing passes out his backside. Yeah. <laughs> Melbourne Melbourne just um, suck the life out of them and pressure them, and they seem to just absorb the Dragons, anything the Dragons had to throw at, throw at them, um, the periods where they had a lot of possession. Uh, Melbourne just absorbed it, and they scored a lot of counter-attack tries, Melbourne. Um, 
but they were good without being great Melbourne I still don't know what to make and I want to see him play a, um, a decent side obviously got the Tigers this week so again it's going to be hard to get a form line through on but I'd like to see him play one of the top three sides like the Roosters Cowboys or Broncos um, I'm not sure when that's when they will because oh, I know that they play, when they, they've played the Roosters twice already haven't they Played, this, is the thing with the draw. this is the thing with the draw, isn't it? Well, probably, the probably the last game you can look at, and that was without Billy, was the Brisbane game where we both played each other after Origin and um, we yeah. ground them into an absolute pulp, but we couldn't come up with the points. We fell short by two right, points. They've got, they've got Tigers, Titans. Yeah, but we finish off with the Cowboys the and the Sharks, Broncos. The Sharks away. The Sharks away will be a That's chance. a tough game. Yeah, Sharks. Yeah, and then they've got the Knights. Yeah, and then we finish so off with the Broncos. Mate, a bloody easy run, eh? That, that'll be close to top four. They got then they got the Cowboys. Yeah, and the Broncos. Well, Cowboys, Broncos. There you go. So I think you, you won't get a form line through Melbourne until the last two rounds, in my opinion. And obviously that Sharks game. Um, but bloody hell, they got a cushiony run. Yeah, well, we did the dirty work at the start of the year. Grabbed the wins at Renewal. Yeah, that's two. why I, I was surprised you wrote them off in top four. I still think they're a massive chance for top four. Oh, possibility, but when Billy went down and then Cooper's knee was looking a bit shaky, it was a real possibility, but they've seemed to found Munster, a way. Munster's good player. Munster, Munster showed more development on the weekend in his ball playing. He slid through a couple of times there, and it actually basically looked like Billy wasn't missing with some of the passes he laid on, so I um, was quite impressed with him. But obviously, Blake Green again, really good taking pressure off Cronk and... Uh, the other one that I was really happy to see was Matt Duffy. It's been three years. He's had a horrible run with injuries, almost 866 days or something ridiculous like that. He played, um, thought he was quite solid and got through on skates. So that's that's not a bad thing for Melbourne. Yeah, exactly. Troops, troops in is better than troops out. Yeah, and if he ever gets close uh, and it's hard after all those injuries to the player he was beforehand, he was a hell of a player um, before he had that really terrible run with knee and shoulder problems. So um, Yeah, let's just hope he can remain that way. Yeah, and good on the storm for persisting because it would have been really, really easy after all those injuries just to cut the fat loose. I'm sure, obviously, there would have been a difference in uh, contract situation and whatnot, but they stuck by him and he's put the hard work in. So one of those good stories you get to see. But the big question mark coming out of this was the Bromwich case. It was referred like all are instantly. I have no idea what to make of it. I have no idea what the result's going to be. I'm a little... I'm just, yeah, I don't really know what you're supposed to say. The only video angle they showed, he's basically got him in a headlock with his, with his bicep in his mouth. So I, I don't know whether he bit down. He went to show the tooth marks. The ref's basically just brushed it and said they were going to refer it. So I really don't know what to make of the incident. Um, Boring is tough. Yeah. How do you know? Have to wait and see what happens. But they've got the Tigers, like you said. So good chance, even with the short turnaround. Uh, wait to see what happens with Bromwich and the, the Dragons. This is their best chance. I know the bounce back factor usually happens when you play. It's seen that just fired their coach, but they've got Newcastle at Jubilee Oval, so they definitely need to get back to winning ways after seven losses in a row. But South Sydney, speaking of Newcastle, 52-6, to six, just an absolute one-way bloodbath. They were cold, they were clinical, um, you know, their, their, their spine was very, very good, and they've been back together for a couple of weeks now, but obviously, um, much like I said earlier, it's hard to take too much out of this one, because quite simply, Newcastle just weren't there at all. It was definitely South's uh, best performance of the year. Yeah. Like, let's not. I uh, would well, probably that, that's probably not true. Like you take take aside probably their first month of football, which was outstanding. But since then, they've been a shadow of themselves. But you know, as you just said, their spine has been pulled and prodded and uh, disjointed for that period of time. So, I mean, 
the scary thing is for the uh, South's rivals, um, they're probably flying under the radar a little bit just because they have sort of clunked their way through, um, you know, the, the winter months here, the, the colder months, just... Uh, but, the, the, you know, they're still sitting... I think they're in the top four, aren't they? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, they're ahead of Melbourne by a win. Still, well, it's enough in itself. You know, it should tell you enough um, about the quality of their roster. Uh, do I think that they can? They can't win playing the same way. But I tell you what, they can win it playing the way they did the other night. And as you said, it's hard to take anything out of it because the nights were horrendous. But I uh, can only beat up on what's in front of you. And yeah, and uh, I think... they were mighty impressive. And uh, yeah. I, it was, it was good to see because I, I don't really want it to be a race in three for the comp because it will just make the finals boring. Like I'd like to think that most teams in the finals could beat each other. Um, and now with the resurgence, I think particularly of South and Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne over the last two weeks and South this week. So hopefully we're going to have five teams that could maybe win the comp come semi-finals time. Yeah, well, I definitely don't think Melbourne are going to give you a pretty game, but I'm more than comfortable after watching that Brisbane game without um, Slater in particular to to see enough yeah. to show that if yeah. we get in a dogfight with somebody, we're going to give one of those teams some trouble. I can't see them winning the comp, but I can definitely see Melbourne uh, being an issue. And South, like I said, with that spine particularly... Well, I, 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 yeah, I, I wouldn't, put, wouldn't put a pass to the players that they've got. I just... Seen it all before, like people writing them off, and they just come good. But hmm. not saying, not saying, they're definitely not favourites to win it. Don't get me wrong. No, no way. Uh, but one of those five teams, I'd, I'd really love to see them all fit and fire and come to finals. I, I just want a good final series. Like it's as a Titans fan, you just sort of clunk your way through, and you know, been involved at Penrith, and they've really struggled this year with injuries. So it's been a bit of a, it's been a tough year because two teams that I really watch have really struggled. So. Um, it'll be nice just to get to the finals and just have a, a lot of good games, a lot of close games. Um, that's probably what I'm missing at the moment. That's why my highlight every week seems to be the, the closer games, just because I, I don't really care who's playing as long as it's close and competitive. Yeah, well, you want to watch the football and you want to enjoy it, but um, I, I think South, I've said it before, I'm similar to you, the forward pack is not the same. They, they change more particularly on the edges, but they definitely need to get more out of the Burgess brothers. I thought that was definitely their best game. Um, but Luke... The halves, Reynolds been uh, pretty injury-prone this year. He was getting back to his best. His short-kicking game is just outstanding. But the other one's Greg Inglis. He's been brilliant the last few weeks. I give him a hard time, probably because I have expectations from him being from Melbourne, and much like a, a Hayne or these kind of guys, I know you can't do that every single week, but you just expect more, or you want to see more from people like that. If he plays the way he's been playing um, from those last two Origin games and the way he's been playing at club... Him enough, him enough from the back, along with that spine. They have enough to, to change their game and potentially be a real threat for this title. But it's really got to that point for me. If he's going to be in all these conversations where they say he's better than Meninga and he's up there with Billy and all this kind of stuff, he needs to have a, a hallmark season, kind of like Burgess did last year. Burgess just 
absolutely stole the limelight and rammed it down everyone's throats last year to show how good he was. That was just an exceptional year. So uh, yeah. if, if anyone's going to do it, I'd really like to see him just catch fire and just go on an absolute tear on the run home and just announce himself and, you know, just really put a stamp on it because um, I'm always going to put that question mark next to him. I don't think he's anywhere near as consistent. I don't think he's played anywhere near to his ability over his career. Like, he's going to get those wraps. That's all well and good, but I still think he could do a lot more. Oh, I tend to agree. Last year in the finals, he was epic. He was good in the grand final, but and he, that year um, with Melbourne, he was he was outstanding. So uh, I think what year was it? Two thousand seven. I think it was two thousand seven's the grand final. He was outstanding. Yeah, yeah he, he ran right. So but yeah, just uh, on a more a week to week basis. He's done it. He's done it in origin time after time after time. So, but you get a game uh, here and there. That's my only thing. Like Billy. Had a great consistency over those seasons and over a long period of time. Greg just seems to dish you a game here and there and just leaves you wanting more. You, you don't get them as often as you'd like to. Yeah. Uh, but on the Newcastle side of things, what, what do you say? They're absolutely terrible. Um, Bedsy comes in this week. Do you get the bounce back factor? I don't know. He's made a couple of changes, nothing too dramatic. Well, they're playing, they're playing the Dragons who are struggling themselves. So, yeah. you know, it's a good week for them and it's at home as well, I think, so... No, it's at uh, uh, Jubilee. Alex, Alex, well, it's Alex McKinnon Cup week as well, I think. So, yeah, well, Dragons... An added incentive. Dragons, Newcastle, it's at Jubilee, so... Um, tough circumstances. Jubilee, yeah, it's at Jubilee. I, I did think it was at Newcastle, but yeah. Well, that, that probably tilts it a little bit, or slightly in the Dragons' favour. And also in the fact that, yeah, it is Jubilee, in the fact that... Um, I mean, the Dragons got more to play for, really, don't they? Yeah, so, finals, and I still think... I think if you're going to get... If the Knights are going to win a game between now and the end of the year, this is your best bet. No, oh, this is one of them. And especially, like I said, the week after something like this happens and you're under fire and everyone's giving it to you, um, there's a bit of a galvanisation. And I think if Badiris can fire him up this week, and I know Joey's been quite vocal the last few days and right behind him, thinking that he'll give him that little bit of steel or, uh, you know, shock him, put him straight and, and just give a bit of that tough love. Uh, you know, we, you don't know what you're going to see this weekend, but if you could get any team, you'd want to have, you know, either the Para, um, the Titans, the Tigers, or a team right now who's lost seven in a row. Because regardless of whether I think their defense is still quite solid, uh, seven losses in a row, their confidence couldn't be too good. And, and that's, that's exactly right. Little, little things just feel like they weight so much bigger against you when you're on a streak like this. So interesting to see what they dish up. This week, the Bunnies, on the other hand, they've got the Panthers. They've lost a couple more players. So, realistically, uh, without being too harsh to Penrith, I'd expect to see South do a decent job uh, on Penrith if they were, you know, to kind of prove that last week was no fluke given Penrith's lineup and uh, just the amount of injuries they've had. So, speaking of the Panthers, they played Canberra on Sunday, 34-24. Absolutely love this game. It was just a dead-set shootout. Um, 18 all at half time defence was not a worry but in the bathed sunlight and beautiful conditions we had there um, it was just a really exciting game of football I loved it yeah credit to Canberra but mate, that's that's a story of Penrith's season that's one that got away that's for sure um, their defence was, was pretty poor and uh, they made errors and gave away penalties just at the wrong times and came up with some bad options but um, last year they won those tight games this year. They're probably losing them more often than they're winning them. So, and it's funny where that places you on the table, you know. So, mm. um, and then more bad news. You've, you've also got Farah out. You've got Wallace out, um, and add them to the list of well, how many? You know, there's there's 
several, 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 several. Um, and it, it just, oh, I was talking to the, one of the blokes from the NRL side this afternoon. I was saying, well, you know, like I've just been waiting for it to get better and it just hasn't. It just gets worse. It, it possibly, we thought last year was bad. You know, the injury run we had last year and they managed to sustain it because the depth was probably a little bit better. And, and the spine was intact. The depth has been uh, stripped out and, and the injury toll has been worse. So. Yeah, and much like a Melbourne of the past, they kept the spine. This year they've had problems with the spine. Uh, when you don't have your spine together, yeah. it's kind of hard to bring other bits and pieces around it. It's In this day and age, with a good top 25, if you've got a good spine, there's room for wiggle. And we saw that, I think, last year because they kept Moyle and Seguiaro and the halves on the field. Well, they probably had had 30 to 35 first graders last year, where this year they've probably got 25 to 30. Yeah. And it makes a big difference when you get get an injury toll. Moylan's been out basically for 10 weeks, and then Dallin was a great replacement. Now he's out. And then Seguiaro's missed half the year. And now Wallace is out again, and then Soward missed a period. So you take your spine apart. Uh, it doesn't matter what it's around it. You just lose all fluency and who's in control of the game. So Yeah, well, but full credit to Canberra. Uh, they're probably they're probably my... Like, for the last probably six weeks, I've really bought into Canberra. I want to see them do well. I think they're punching above um, their weight in terms of their roster. Uh, good on them. Yeah, good on them. I hope they. I really do genuinely, genuinely hope they get to the finals. Um, I think it'll be a good story, and I think, uh, in all fairness, Cam- uh, rugby league in Canberra needs a bit of a shot in the arm. Like you saw it, I think it was twenty ten that they made the finals, and they got bundled out by uh, I think it was the Tigers in the end. But yeah, Jared Croker uh-huh. missed that penalty goal at the end of the game there. Yeah, um, and they haven't been back since. I don't think, or it might have been for a game, but. I, I don't. I don't think they have been back to the final since then. Um, have they? Off the top of my know. head, I don't think so. I, think I that was, don't think they have. I think yeah, that was the last time. That's. I could, I could be wrong. That was the beginning. I wrong. I do apologise, Canberra fans. That was the beginning look, of. I, um, I, I just. I want to see them make the finals. They're a feel-good team. Um, they've got probably the form player in the competition outside of Jonathan Thurston and Blake Austin. Um, they've got a hooker who has just. He's been unbelievable for him this year. I think Jack White is doing a really solid job at fullback. Um, they don't have too many injuries. And they've got a lot of players who, at the start of the year, if you looked at their recruitment, you would have gone, oh, geez, that's nothing real fancy. But every player they've bought's done a job and they've played well above um, you know, what definitely what me and you thought that they, they could be. Um, and I just I hope, they, I hope they get there. I know they've lost a couple of close games, which potentially cost them in the end, but I, I hope they get there. I think they deserve to. Well, more importantly, the Canberra of Hull would have crumbled after losing these games, but they've just kept coming this year, and I think uh, I've said it yeah, before. why not? Like, why not? Why not? They've got nothing to lose. So I, I, I like their attitude in the fact that they're... And they've gone away from trying to play like every other team. They've sort of got their own style, which I like. Um, and Yeah, I, I just like what they're doing. Yeah, well, in particular, like you said, Hodgson... White and all these guys. Papali's back in form. Uh, Rapana's been a good pickup. Vaughn's obviously still playing very consistently. Boydie's been better. There's a lot of guys there. Soliola's done a job. So, um, and yeah, yeah. Well, and like Frank Paul's probably played his best footy since 2010 at the Roosters. Um, there's a lot of a lot of guys like Josh, like Josh Hodgson. Who's who's the who's the uh, the Pommy hooker? It's got to be him, surely. 
Well, I'm a, I, I, am, I am a really big fan of the other bloke that's playing over in England, but you see Hodgson playing over here now and proving himself. McAlorum or whatever his name is? No, nah, not McAlorum. I can't think of his bloody name. Daryl Clark, the guy that won the Man of Steel oh, last year. Yeah, okay. But obviously, yeah. his game is a lot he's more... He's really struggled this year, Daryl Clark. Yeah, in a different setup, I think. But his game suits the Super League the way he plays. I don't think he would have the same impact that Hodgson's had over here with the way he likes to play from dummy half. Yeah. So um, I, I, I was massive on Dale Clark watching last year, but now watching Hodgson in the NRL, I, I can see the subtle differences between those two, and I, you know, I'm I'm blown away. I thought I thought he was a good, solid player. I thought he'd be solid for them. Um, that the fact he's been this good, and I said it to you, he, if they named the nominees for the Hooker of the Year, and there's four guys that are up for it, I'm pretty sure he'd have to be in the four. Well, you think so, wouldn't you? Um, go, going going off names. Let's be honest. If they're saying Farah. Smith, friend, like if they chuck those guys up there just for the sake of it, like sometimes they seem to do, I'd, I'd be disappointed. I think Greenville and him um, have been really, really good this year. Agree. Yeah, Seguiaro has been good while he's been on the field. Um, but yeah. Smith's been, been good. Um, but yeah, I like it for me. Greenville on Hodgson. I think Jake Friend's been solid without being. Uh, a real standout. It's been yeah, it's been a bit of a a light on you for hookers, hasn't it? But like Hodgson's been outstanding. No, he's been brilliant. Uh, and Granville's been the same. Like he's made such a difference to the Cowboys. So yeah, yeah. For me, if I was if I was going to give you two in terms of the impact they've had on their team, I, I, you can't go past those two. No, they've both been brilliant. But uh, obviously that game wrapped Do you up. Think they'll win Hooker of the Year? The Daly they probably won't. What's that? Do you think that they'll win Hooker of the Year at the Daly Oh, I'm more going about the nominations. I don't know about the win, but that's just generally out like last well, who, year. Who would you have? Off who's... I think, mate, I'll tell you what, I think bloody Michael Ennis is pretty good for the show. Well, he was the other one I was going to say. Like, you want to talk about who's been consistent? I think he'd be another one. If you had the nominations tomorrow, those three would be my first three nominated. Yeah. Uh, the other yeah, one... I probably, I probably would go Smith. The other one probably would be Smith because I think he has been good for Melbourne and in Origin he was outstanding. Farrah hasn't, I don't think, has been as good this year. Friend was obviously injured, fresh off the shoulder reconstruction, so yeah. um, hard for him to have as much impact. He's been Andrew really McCulloch, good. Andrew McCulloch's had a really good year. Well, he's the one I he's said to you a couple of weeks ago. Gets absolutely no credit whatsoever. So if you really went off form and what they've done, those four have probably all been at NRL level, uh, probably yeah, above. Yeah, five. Those five, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, Ojik really obviously closed that one out. They had a late charge there, Penrith, with an opportunity to score. He took it 90 metres to the bank. Yeah, uh, it's just bad, bad. Like, at a clutch time of the game, last year Penrith came up with so many clutch players at the end, particularly Matt Moylan. I think he lost three games for him last year. But yeah, just, it's funny. It happened to the Sharks a few years ago. I remember the Sharks finished top four, uh, made a preliminary final similar to Penrith, and then the year after they finished similar to Penrith, just in the fact that, you know, you, those close games they flip. You can't. You might win them all one year. And well, they went year on year off. One year they'd win them, one year they'd lose them. They had a pattern for a couple of years going, as far as those games are concerned. But yeah. um, just but they didn't have obviously they didn't have the amount of injuries kind of had either. No, I have had. It's been a hard year for them, and they've got Souths this week away. Doesn't get any easier. The Canberra Raiders they get probably the hardest game they have on their run home. They get to play the Cowboys in North Queensland, so a real test for them. But. Uh, moving well, on. Really, like Penrith have got. They can only afford to lose one more game, like because you got you got the Eels, Panthers, Seagulls, Dragons. I'm sorry, you got the Eagles, Eels, Panthers are all on 18. They, they've all got to win five of six to even be a chance. 
um, which you would think is highly unlikely. So I think I'm I'm, I'm done at all. I don't see anyone winning five from six. It's not happening. Yeah. So I think they're done. But obviously, I'm just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rule them out until it's mathematical because history tells you there's one team that does make a run. Um, and to me, at the moment, it looks like the Raiders. Um, even though I don't think it's really going to have to be a run, they're going to have to get on. Like I think they could probably win four or six and get in the Raiders. Um, but I, I'm just looking at those one of those. Like it can't be Parramatta because they're just their best players on the sideline. And Penrith's probably a similar story in the fact that they're just not getting anyone back. They're, they're losing. They're not gaining. Um, but the Eagles look like they they're, they're getting fit at the right end. Well, they're just Whether lost. It's probably a month too late. I think it might be a month too late. Well, Matt I just knocked enough. himself out. Sow just did his knee. Burgess just did his knee. So I've got the pens with them as well. They need to... It's going to be too much stress. None of those teams to me are putting five... I four. just think one of them... I think one of them is going to go real close. I think Canberra I gets in, but that's because those results around them are going to help and they've got a pretty straightforward run with no injuries. So I think they're the only one. Yeah. Them and the Dragons are the only two that can have any effect on well, the... I've got the, seven, I've got the seven locked in. Broncos, Cowboys, Roosters, Rabbits, Storm, Sharks, Dogs. I think... It's a no-brainer they're all going to land in. Even though the dogs just still don't convince me at all. No, but, but even like this week, they lose Reynolds, they get them by, they've still got a good forward pack and yeah, they've got a good back. They're playing the Roosters, but as well. So it'd be interesting to see if the Dragons beat the Knights and the Raiders, who are the Raiders got this week? Cowboys. Oh, they're going yeah, to struggle there. But, um, you know, if the Dragons leapfrog and jump into the eight, the Warriors, whether they win or lose, doesn't it, it's going to create a little bit of logjam around there, around that eighth position, so... Pressure will go on the doggies a little bit. Yeah, and obviously speaking of the dogs, they played the Cronulla Sharks on Sunday. Um, obviously there at Belmore, the crowd was outstanding, 19,000, but it's a pity the game was a complete opposite. It was very, very ugly. There was 50 uh, errors and penalties combined. Um, but yeah, the, the crowd was outstanding. But at the end of the day, the difference after a very dour affair was Reynolds um, in a similar circumstance to what we've already seen this year, a penalty. Um, given last time he obviously went at Reynolds' legs, this time he took the head off of Valentine Holmes. And what you what you think of it? Did you think it was a penalty? Uh, uh, to be honest, this one I, I watched, and I was a bit a bit jaded at the time. I, I'd have to watch it again, but um, you were you were eighteen beers deep. When you basically, saw it. by the time I watched this game, I don't remember that incident too well. But look, I saw it. I thought the Sharks were the better oh. side, to be honest. Yeah, I, I said, oh, no, no brainer there, no argument there. Um, I just saw it and went, oh. but then again, the precedent's been set, especially with um, Jared Sutton. He gave that one on Good Friday, so well, maybe third time will be the problem with it being a penalty. I just, yeah, hopefully third time's a charm. Uh, like, yeah, well, the dogs are damned if they do, damned if they don't. Because if you don't go through and pressure him and he he, he gets an easy shot at a field goal, then you. Everyone's blown up about that. So, and then you go in too hard and make contact with him, and you get penalised anyway. So, it's a loss-loss situation, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think Michael Ennis in particular was absolutely outstanding. Uh, has been all year, and particularly against his old club, Paul Gallen, thought probably had his best club game as well. He's very good, and uh, I send her at the bloke every week, but rightfully so. Wade Graham thought he was good. On the dog side of things, it kind of looked like they just underestimated him. That obviously the errors and all that, the penalties didn't help, but. Um, they, they didn't seem all there, to be honest. And considering they went back to Belmore, it almost felt like they just thought it was going to happen for them. That, that Storm game was the complete opposite uh, as far as attitude and performance compared to yesterday's... Oh, sorry, Sunday's game against the, the Sharks. Yeah, agree. Agree. I, you, could have had, you couldn't have had enough bloody money on them in terms of the form they showed against Melbourne. And then you go, well, they're going back to Brookvale, they're playing the Sharkies who... Traditionally, don't score a lot of points, but 
Bloody hell, that just shows you that's the NRL, isn't it? No one's no one's a guaranteed winner every week. Mm. Well, they had a, a late little crack there. Obviously, at least you got that trial and that penalty went against them. But, um, yeah, big test this week. They've got the Roosters. We'll get a real gauge of how they're going to go. Uh, I've said a million times, you've said it. It's the identity thing for me. They just need to keep it simple. When they play simple, they look really, really good. Every time they bring in the block, block crap and forwards passing and whatnot, it, uh, it all goes south. So I think they really just need to play simple football. Yep, agreed, mate. They need to, yeah, find an identity. Yeah, just reset yeah, and be I basic. Think, I think everyone, everyone knows their identity apart from them at the moment. That's what it looks like. Yeah, I think Des has got a big part to play in that. He needs to stop overcomplicating everything. Forget about his NFL touch screens and his iPads and his stats and his technology and his errors and his completions and look at the forward pack and the way he recruited. He does not play even close to the way they buy their side. Um, yeah. it, it confuses me. If, if you wanted to have the monsters, you'd think you'd be playing a yardage game, carving the ruck apart, and then you've got a nine in Leisha who likes to poke his nose out, but they seem to do the complete opposite. Yeah. And they overcomplicate things for their halves, who, let's be honest, they're not the best halves in the competition. So I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded week to week. I really am. Yeah, the impressive thing for me is that um, Trent Hodkinson's he's been good the last two weeks. He seems to have taken a little bit of confidence out of that um, game three in Origin. Like I didn't, I think it's probably thought he was one of our best players in that game. Well, he defended his backside back off, that's for sure. Yeah, he's gone back to the club and he's been pretty good. So hmm. good on him. Well, they've got the Roosters, like I said, that's a real test. And the Sharkies, they've got to play the Warriors over there in New Zealand. No Fafitas, no Luke Lewis. He's out for a couple of weeks. Uh, uh, big test for them. But we wrap things up Monday night. Not too much to take from this one. The Cowboys, 46-4 to over the Parramatta Eels. Uh, it was 10-4 at half time. A little bit of resistance, but you kind of felt that the Cowboys had multiple opportunities. The ball hit the ground or a few passes went astray. Over the Eels. Uh, yeah, uh, Parramatta's shape though It's just basic, it's all the same crap Double block, going sideways Pushing overs, they, they just need to let loose I think, he really needs to free the reins they're, they're, they're boring, they're just boring to watch Play as straight as possible Parramatta But, but uh, well, yeah If Brad Takarini grounds that ball I'm telling you, it's a good game Oh 100%, but yeah there was a lot of ball They lost all their mojo after that they, they, they were defending well on the edge And they were doing a lot of good stuff But yeah, I don't know. What's the matter, Well, the ball kept going to ground for the Cowboys, but second half, the complete opposite, and, and they play the complete opposite. They start straight um, with a good platform laid by their forwards, but they've also got that threat out of dummy half. You have to be accountable for Jake Granville, and we've seen it nine times this year, I think, now. He's scored tries, because as soon as you take your eyes off him, he gets in behind the ruck, and he's off to the races. Um, well, he's just so far. And he's, so he's built low to the ground, and he's small. He gets just seems to sneak under tackles and take off, but... Um, he, he absolutely carved them through the middle. Matt Scott played huge minutes. Jason Tamuolo just treated them like they're 11-year-olds, and he's the giant kid. Um, easiest double you've ever seen. And I thought, again, it was good to see JT not necessarily have a great game, but look at all the other bits around him. Coot chipped in with the kicking. Morgan set up two of the tries. The forwards did a good job. Granville was dominant, and um, he, he didn't need to take control because in the past it was basically you just look for Thurston every week to finish games off or win games for you, but... Um, they all carried the load last night and they got the job done. So that's only good sides heading in to the finals. Hopefully all this salary cap jazz, and obviously there's no real foundation to it at the moment. Hopefully none of that sends any spooks or shivers through their camp because they're, they're doing a real good job at the moment. They're fun to watch. Yeah, I think Paul Green's comments today um, would have thrown water over any any smoke that was coming out of there. He sort of said, look, I'm just going to leave it to 
CEO and the admin side to deal with that. That's not my job. My job's to coach the side. We're not worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I thought he dealt well, with it really well. And I, as I said, from the information that I've read, I, I can't see it being an issue. Yeah. Well, the two I'm going to give her up to for Para, even though they got towed up. Uh, quite convincingly, Manu Mahu, brilliant as always, and Nathan Peets, um, he just always digs in. He's a really tough bugger. Uh, uh, hopefully things do get better next year for Brad Arthur and all this crap goes away and they sort the governance out because with Kieran Foran and a couple others coming as well as, you know, they've got a couple of blokes injured themselves in the Sandow situation. Uh, you know, they've had a lot against them this year. It's It's been just another typical year, so... No, not good, but hopefully they turn things around. They've got a, a game this week, and obviously, like I said, against your mob, the Titans, a bit of a flip of the coin game this one, and the Cowboys, they get a tough test in Canberra at home, but uh, I suppose on the flip side of that, it's probably more of a test for Canberra to see where they're at at this point in the year. They're doing a lot of travel at the moment. I think they've got, they got the Panthers and Darwin next week as well, so they're going to be um, racking up the frequent flyers, Parramatta. They've gone to Townsville, back to Parramatta. Gold Coast, back to Parramatta, Darwin, back to Parramatta. So. Mm. Fair bit of travelling going on there, but that wraps yeah. us up. We've done our, obviously, Fast Five, got through all the questions, taken all those issues, and now we've done the reviews of the games. There's no Mr Gossip tonight. He's stuck at work again. Oh, Mate, he's one week on, one week off. Yeah, basically, he's on a bit of a rotating schedule, but he's got that and he's have getting... He, have, he got his, have he got his stuff there or not? I've got his tips, but he's got no gossip. Got no gossip. No, nah, and basically everything we talked about uh, is what he sent through to me. That's that's uh, basically what's cooking. And probably the one thing to is confirm. That bloke, is that bloke serious? He was onto the Trent Barrett stuff really, really early. Some people questioned it, but uh, that's finally been confirmed today. It's one of the worst kept secrets in rugby league. There's no doubt about no, it. Did they, did they formally sack Tuvi today? They sacked him and they announced Barrett all at once. Today? But Barrett will not be making any comment until the end of the year. Jeff will be finishing the year out. They had a meeting yesterday at 4th. You know what I do? If I'm Jeff Tuvey, I'd walk. Well, mind you, if he walks, he doesn't get paid, doesn't he? Yeah, well, they had a meeting yesterday afternoon. Again, worst kept secret. People saying that's not happening. It did. They were trying to come to some kind of agreement. He said, I want to coach. I don't want this other job. So it's simple. If I'm not coaching next year, I'm getting paid out in full. So they're paying him out in full next year's contract, and he's finishing this year. Uh, I tell you what, massive plaudits to that bloke. He's given over 30 years to that club. He's bled for him. Had the, big way, Dougal. the way that that's been done is... Disgraceful. Don't get me started. And, mate, I tell you what, what about Jeff Toovey? What about the stature of that man and the way he's hounded himself and carried through this period and um, the stuff on yes. the TV? Look, he... I'm, I'm, uh... Sometimes I just... I don't like him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't like him just in, in the fact that he's so competitive and he's... I love him, I love him, but I hate him, if you know what I mean. Like, whenever your team's playing manly, I always see him, I'm like, ah, oh, bloody Tuvi, you know what I mean? But <laughs> that, that's his strength. Like, he's he's just so competitive and, and just wants the best for that club, and look how you get repaid. Well, my, my big moment was the, the game they won against Melbourne at the start of the year when he gathered them all and he went a bit nuts. That, that went straight to my heart, because I don't mind a bit of a blow-up, so... Yeah, uh, Angry Jeff. And like exactly that. He, he cares about the club. Um, he's done the right thing. He's kept quiet. He hasn't thrown any dirt on him. He's been so clean throughout this whole situation when he has every right, really, to tear him a new one. So um, yeah. the way he's handled himself is just absolutely exceptional. If, if he ended up somewhere else, I'd be happy for him because I'll tell you what, you can't really say he's done a bad job. And whether it's Joe Kelly or the players or whatnot, uh, I've, I, I, I wish him all the best for the future. I really do hope he does coach somewhere in the NRL again. Yeah, I agree. 
I'd hate to think that this is the end of his coaching career. And I'm sure it won't be. Someone will grab him. But then again, like he's that bloody loyal, he'd be liable to say, "Look, I, I don't want to be. I don't want to coach anywhere but Manly." You know, like that's the type of guy he is. So. Mm. It, it would have as, much, as as brave of a face as he puts on. Mate, this would have this would have really cut him deep. Yeah. Well, I'll move on. I'll keep you on here for this last little bit. Obviously, like I said, no gossip. We've covered everything. Uh, Willing Hill. I can't believe that. Yeah. I can't believe it. He's, his contracts. He's got to be up for a, a review. Mate, it's it's been a bit of a bumpy year this year, but we soldier on regardless. Our sponsor, William Hill. Dot com. It's your call. If you want to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure it's with WilliamHill.com. Uh, good week last week, the charity bets. We had two of them. Uh, we went the Roosters and the Broncos, both by 13-plus in a multi. That was a winner. And I've also backed the Canberra Raiders. So two wins there. I think we're probably $1,500, $1,600 up. Very good spot to be at this time of the year. But this week, uh, last week, sorry, Gossip got five. I got six. That makes me now on 87. He's on 84, so I'm three clear. You're telling um, him up. Things looking pretty good. This week, we've actually tipped all the same, but I'm still going to go through the games and obviously give the odds. Friday night, the Sydney City Roosters. I love calling them the Sydney City Roosters, even though they haven't been called that for years. They play the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Uh, this one for me was a no-brainer. I'm, I'm big on the Roosters. I know they're only cruising and they're in second gear, but I just absolutely love their side. Uh, the bench is outstanding. Tokyo is brilliant. Him coming on with Moa. Uh, the fact they could rest Evans last week and play Hastings, and, and this week I'm sure he'll be back in with Napa. Um, just ridiculous that team. So I'm going to back them. I'll tell you what, you uh, you talk about um, them not the dogs needing to know their identity. Well, I tell you what, if they don't find out their realise what their identity is, the Roosters pack's going to blow holes in them on Friday night. Well, the Roosters, the way the Roosters play for the middle and their bench plays is exactly how the Bulldogs should. They've got the... Well, that's what I'm saying. Similar... They're going to blow holes in them if they're not careful. The one thing I love is the recruitment strategy. The the, the ratio of power, endurance, and, and the style of the bench in particular of the Roosters, that that's the best bench in the comp. And I said it before, that's enough for me to throw them in there. The Broncos and the Cowboys have probably been better throughout the year. But if you tell me finals day, which team I'm going to back, I look at the Roosters bench, and if I could pick any of those three sides, I'd want I'd want to be in the Roosters side. That, that bench is big time. Yeah. It's uh, hard to argue. We've both tipped the Roosters in this one. The odds, the bookies at William Hill have got them as the favourites. $1.42, the Roosters. $2.90 for the Dogs. Minus 7.5 is the line. So a decent start there if you think the Dogs can put up a bit of a fight. I tend to lean towards the Roosters at one to twelve at three dollars ten. But the other Friday night game, the Tigers versus the Storm. My feelings may sway a little bit with the travel and if Bromwich was out. But uh, I've gone the Storm for very obvious reasons. So is Gossip. William Hill has got the Melbourne Storm at a dollar forty-two favourites. The West Tigers, two dollars ninety. The same line again, minus seven and a half. Uh, probably one to twelve for me again, just purely on the turnaround. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the Tigers are going to throw up, but it's their home game. They should put in a decent effort in front of their fans. Saturday, the triple header kicks off for the Warriors against the Sharks at home over in New Zealand. Tui Malalola here slots in to the halves of Chad Townsend. I think the kid's got a big future, and uh, we get a look earlier than next year of how he looks in the halves, and obviously they're going to have Sheck and Luke on board. But I back the Sharks, regardless of the Fafita's missing. I like the way they play their football. They're tough, and... Just not quite what to sure what to expect from the Warriors. Gossip's also back to Sharkies. 
They're outsiders again this week. Two dollars over there in New Zealand. The Warriors, a dollar eighty favourites. Minus one and a half is the line. North Queensland, thirteen hundred small stadium. The Cowboys against the Raiders. Uh, I have to go to the Cowboys for obvious reasons. They've been outstanding. Uh, funnily enough, though, much like the Cowboys with an amazing away record, Canberra's record on the road this year has been quite special as well. So um, this is a real big test for the Raiders, but they're massive outsiders. $4.65. Jesus Christ, Box had there's some value there. Um, the yeah, it's like a gamble. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'll be taking this line, but the Cowboys... A dollar twenty favourites minus twelve and a half is the line. I'm taking that for sure on Canberra. Um, that's that, that's that's huge. One to twelve. If you're confident in the Raiders, I'm not too sure about this one. But six dollars ten. I'd love to see the overs unders for this game. I think there'll be an absolute ton of points. This, this will be a cracker, hopefully. But um, we've got Saturday the Eagles versus the Broncos again. They've lost a couple of players. Liggy Sow, he's out injured. Burgess out injured. Simon's out injured. Matt I. A heavy concussion last week, so not too sure about him, but I'm definitely going to be back in the Broncos. And William Hill agree. A dollar forty favourites the Broncos. Manly, two dollars seventy minus six is the line in this game. If you like Manly with a bit of a start there at home Sunday, we go to that tough game like we said. It's Newcastle. Will they get the bounce back factor, or can the Dragons come back after seven losses in a row? The bookies think so. William Hill, a dollar forty two favourites are the Dragons. Newcastle. $2.90, minus 7.5 is a line. So if you're a Newcastle fan and you think Bedsy's going to bring a bit of spirit back, uh, not too bad of a start for you there. A 1-12, to 12, you get $4.50 on the Knights. And the Bunnies, a bit yeah, of a... Res- interesting game, that one. Oh, very interesting game. Uh, that one's a bit of a flip the coin. But the Bunnies, will their resurgence continue? William Hill thinks so. They're massive favourites. fifteen against the Penrith Panthers at $5.50. The line, minus 15.5. So... Uh, well, you value. call the game with um, Isaac John on the weekend. Uh, I actually like, I like him going in. Um, well, I made my opinion known we'll last see year. see who they can manage to patch around him and how much training they'll get done this week. But the pretty, well, it's, it's a seven-day turnaround for him, which is, you know, as, as good as it gets, apart from, you know, an eight- or nine-day turnaround, which is pretty rare. But seven-day turnaround means you get a normal week, obviously. So that would be good for the Panthers. But they're going to have their backs against the wall and, um, hopefully they can they can get a decent side out there and give South a run because it was only a month ago they they really put the cleaners through the rabbits. So yeah, well, under the, t- rabbit, the Rabbitohs wouldn't have forgot that, so they're going to be they're going to turn up ready to ready to play. Missing a lot of players, obviously in the cup setup. I commentated for the first time of the weekend. Uh, he was just smart. You can tell he's a first grader. He's not a cup player. He kicked really well. He put the polish on the end of sets. Uh, they had the sun at the opposite end of the field. He was putting massive dirty torpedoes up for Curtis Rowe, making him look in the sun. Uh, he shifted well, he's early. Mate. He's international. It just everything was smart. There was one point there they made a line break and they were scrambling back to an open side and all the Tigers pushed over. He got it off the play, the ball just went straight back to the short side through two or three sets of hands. I was like, just just really small things. He was a play ahead of everyone in New South Wales Cup. So well, I said it before Jamie Soward got there that if he came back and played anything like he did at the Dragons or as he was at London Broncos, that I thought that Isaac John, honestly deserve first crack at the jersey. That wasn't the, the circumstance. Uh, Sowd obviously ended up playing very, very well, but probably a show of the quality of the man that is Isaac John was the Brisbane Broncos tried to buy him before he stayed at Penrith after that run he had at the back end of the year before Sowd got there. Yeah. So, you know, I think he's a first grader. I don't think he could stay at Penrith uh, long-term, honestly. I think he should be playing somewhere. 
Um, but that, that's yet to be seen. If he enjoys playing there and he's looking for an opportunity, who knows? Peter Wallace just done his ACL for the second time. There could be an opening there next year for uh, yeah. you know Isaac John. But massive outsiders there, Panther fans. If you like that line in particular, minus 15.5, there's some good value there for you. But the oh, round... That's, that's, too, that's too big. Yeah, it's massive. The round wraps up Monday night. The Titans versus the Eels. The Gold Coast favourites at home, $1.60. Parramatta, $2.35 outside. Honestly, I don't know how you, wow. I don't know you could have not have this game as pick'ems. I wouldn't know which one to pick. Um, but yeah, yeah, flip a coin, who knows? Back in the Titans at home, and the line is minus four with WilliamHill.com. Our tips, minor gossips, exactly the same this week. So no difference will be made in the scores. Both went the Roosters, the Storm, the Sharks, the Cowboys, the Broncos, the Dragons, the Bunnies, and the Titans. Um, a charity bet. Looking at this, to be honest. Uh, but who's tip, who tipped the Titans? We both tipped the Titans. Oh, wow. Looking at the the betting value here for a charity bet this week, I think I'm going to have to put a bit more, a bit of thought into it again this week. Last week was a bit easier, but there's a few toughies this week. There's nothing that's really jumping out at me Especially at this, this point. Uh, this early in the week, you're not going to know. But yeah, we got a double win last week. I'm pretty sure the account now is close to $1,700. Our charity, as I've said a few times this year, the Guide Dog Association of New South Wales and ACT, an absolutely fantastic cause. And our previous ones, a shout-out to them. If you want to donate to the Starlight Foundation, it's a very worthy cause, helping sick children. And uh, obviously the Shepherd Centre the first year, uh, that, that's a great cause as well. So... That wraps things up as far as the odds are concerned from WilliamHill.com. But if you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure it's with WilliamHill.com. Head onto the website and get the app on your phone. And on the flip of that, our other sponsor, if you want a bit of help with the punt, the NRL Profits, because they're here. So if you're tired of constantly losing money to the bookies, it's time you join the Profits. Over 70 units of profit in Season 2014. The service includes quality betting recommendations for rugby league, including the NRL and the Super League, so you get the best of both worlds there. The Profits has a special offer to all the listeners of the 5th and Last NRL podcast. It's a 10% discount off the Access All Profits packages, so visit the NRL Profits at nrlprofits.com forward slash 5th and Last to take advantage and profit with the Profits. So that wraps us up, Boxhead. This is a, a bit weird. No gossip, and you being on to the end, it's a bit of a change-up. Someone's got to bloody earn their pay, don't they? Well, we've got to steer the ship. I can't sit here and talk to myself. Jesus. Mate, his contract's up for review, surely. Mind you, I do like to talk to myself. That's nothing new. Oh, well, so do I. Gossip. AA meeting soon for him. Well, he's he's said he's working, getting his tax done, but that could be code for alcohol, so we don't know. Oh, I'm going Seriously. Classic. Well, there you go, everybody out there. You've got your fix. We've given the reviews. We've gone in depth. We've addressed all these issues, uh, salary caps, coaches being fired, everything. Your fast five, the odds from WilliamHill.com and the tips. Next time, next time Gossip pulls the pin on us, we, we might do a, we're going to do like a snap fan forum or something to fill in the time. Well, it come in this afternoon into my head and I looked at the yeah. time. It was 30 minutes before about the launch and I thought I probably won't get uh, enough. But next week, 100% guaranteed, I'm going to do a huge fan forum about two days beforehand. I'm going to put up multiple posts and just get an absolute plethora of questions from you, the listeners out there on the run home. Anything you've got, whether it's for next year, this year, the finals, any questions you've got next week, a huge fan forum. So for now, Boxhead, that wraps us up. Thanks for staying on board. 
Thanks for everyone out there enduring uh, the changes over the last couple of weeks. But more, most importantly, as we finish off every week, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.